Hello there, faithful listener. You've tuned in to season seven of the Bible Explained podcast. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee because today we are going to be discussing the book of First Samuel. Well, good morning, friends and faithful listeners, and happy Wednesday. Today we're going to be learning about probably one of the most famous stories in all of the Bible. This is the story of David and Goliath. So make yourself comfortable. Grab a cup of coffee or a cup of tea this morning for you crazy tea drinkers. And also your Bible in the version that you prefer. And let's just jump right into the story because we've got a lot to talk about. This is 1 Samuel 17, 1 through 25. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle. And they were gathered together at Soko, which belongs to Judah, and camped between Soko and Ezekah in the Ephes Damim. Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah and set a battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on the mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. A champion out of the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span, went out. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he wore a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. He had bronze shin armor on his legs, and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. The staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. His shield-bearer went out before him. He stood and cried to the armies of Israel, and said to them, Why have you come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine, and you servants to Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you will be our servants and serve us. The Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel today. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all of Israel heard the word of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem Judah, whose name was Jesse, and he had eight sons. The man was an elderly old man in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone after Saul to the battle, and the names of his three sons who went to the battle were Eliab the firstborn, and next to him Abinadab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. Now David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. The Philistine came near in the morning and the evening, and presented himself for forty days. Jesse said to David his son, Now take for your brothers an ephah of this parched grain and these ten loaves, and carry them quickly to the camp of your brothers. And bring these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand, and see how your brothers are doing, and bring back news. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper, and took the provisions and went, as Jesse had commanded him. He came to the place of the wagons, as the army which was going out to the fight shouted for the battle. Israel and the Philistines put the battle in array, army against army. David left his baggage in the hand of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. As he talked with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came out of the ranks of the Philistines and said the same words, and David heard them. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were terrified. The men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? He has surely come up to defy Israel. 
The king will give great riches to the man who kills him and will give him his daughter and will make his father's house tax-free in Israel. Now, anybody who grew up in church certainly knows about Goliath the giant, and this is where we find his story in 1 Samuel 17. So it says in verse 1 that the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle, and they encamped at this place called Soko, which actually belonged to Judah. So this shows that even though Saul had been the king for possibly several decades by this point in time, he never really got rid of the Philistines. The Philistines were constantly oppressing the Israelite people to the point where they were able to take over this area called Soko, which actually belonged to Judah, the tribe of Judah. And the Philistines are just camping in Soko because they were able to take it. So the Philistines are now on Israelite territory and they're becoming very arrogant and they're encamping against the rest of Israel. So they're actually in this area, which still exists to this day, called the Valley of Elah. And so I researched the Valley of Elah and I found out that it's the name of a movie, which has nothing to do with David and Goliath, by the way, it's just the name of a movie. And uh, I had a hard time actually finding information on the actual area of land because of the movie. But what I did find is that the Valley of Elah is located about 15 miles west of Bethlehem, and it was apparently a very important travel route to get to Bethlehem. And to this day, it's actually a preserved piece of land that's been undeveloped specifically so that people can go and look at where this battle of the Philistines took place and where David and Goliath fought. Not to give the story away because we didn't talk about that yet. I imagine most of you already know uh, how the story ends, especially if you've grown up in church, because this was like the most common story. I feel like I learned about this story and also Jonah and the whale every week. Like those are the two stories I always remember learning about when I was in Sunday school. But anyway, Valley of Elah is a pretty cool location. And uh, Israel was on one side. The Philistines were on the other side. And so what the Philistines decided to do to intimidate the Israelites is they took their champion, who was Goliath. And Goliath was a giant. He was a very tall man. And he would go down into the valley each morning and each evening to intimidate the Israelites. And what he would say is, bring one of your men down to battle me. It actually says that Goliath was from the area of Gath. And if you remember anything about the area of Gath, from when we talked about it in the book of Joshua, it was actually where the Anakim lived. The Anakim were a group of giants who lived in the promised land before the Israelites came and took it over. And the Anakim were actually one of the reasons why the Israelites hundreds and hundreds of years before this refused in the wilderness when Moses was still alive to go into the promised land because they were so scared of the giant Anakim people that they refused to go into the promised land and take it even though they knew that God was on their side. So that was why they ended up traveling around the wilderness for 40 years before they went into the promised land. And then, of course, Joshua helped rid the promised land of the Anakim people. But of course, there are many Anakim that still survived. And so Goliath, it says, who was of Gath, who was definitely part of the Anakim people, his height was six cubits and a span. And so based upon modern measurements, that would be approximately nine foot tall. Maybe slightly smaller, maybe slightly taller, but approximately nine foot tall. 
or for those of you who don't live in America, 2.9 meters tall was about how tall Goliath was. So he was a tall man. He would certainly not be able to fit in the room that I'm currently in because I want to say my my ceiling is only about eight foot tall, (laughs) pretty short ceiling. So he'd be going through my ceiling right now. But he was a tall man. And this was not unheard of. There's certainly been tall people throughout the ages. And so not only was he a very tall man, but he had huge weapons is what it says as well. So he had a coat of mail, meaning like chain mail, that fit over him that weighed 5,000 shekels or approximately 100 pounds. He also had a bronze helmet and he wore bronze shin armor on his legs is what it says. And he had a bronze javelin between his shoulders and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. So it was huge. And then the spearhead itself weighed 600 shekels of iron, which is approximately 15 pounds. So in general, Goliath, not only was he a tall man, but he was extremely strong because he's carrying hundreds of pounds of weight on his body with all of this armor that he is carrying. So he is a huge, strong man. And of course, he's going down to intimidate the Israelites. And when they see him, their hearts are melting in fear the same way the Israelites melted in fear with the Anakim hundreds of years before this. They were terrified when they saw Goliath. And so here's what Goliath would do. He would stand fully armed in all of his armor and he'd go down morning and evening into the valley and he'd scream up at the Israelites. He would say, have you come out to set your battle in array against the Philistines? How dare you? You Israelites, am I not a great Philistine? And all of you guys are just servants to that weak king you have, Saul, over there. Choose a man to fight for yourselves and let him come down to me. And if he is able to fight and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I kill him, you all will be our servants, is what he says. And then he says at the end, I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man that we may fight together. So basically what Goliath is saying is that he is defying the army that God put in place. Goliath is defying God himself. So he does this every morning and every evening. And when Saul and all of Israel in verse 11 heard the words of this Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And if you skip down to verse 16, it actually says that Goliath did this every day for 40 days, intimidating Israel and the Israelites were, were afraid to move forward. They were afraid to advance against the Philistine army when they had fighters and warriors like Goliath. And we also know that Goliath had brothers who were also very tall as well. So Goliath was not the only giant in the Philistine army. Now, here's the thing. King Saul was actually the tallest person in Israel. And I believe that the reason that fact is mentioned earlier on when Saul is first introduced is because of this story right here. Saul was probably, I imagine, six to seven foot tall. It doesn't specifically say how tall Saul was, but we do know that people were shorter back in those days and have gotten taller over the years. And so Saul was probably not much taller than a very tall man that we see nowadays. But He was the tallest person in Israel. 
And yet Saul was terrified to go up against this Philistine who would have been several feet taller than him. And I'm sure that all of Israel expected Saul to go and fight this Philistine. And yet Saul was terrified. He did not want to do it. And that is partially because God's spirit was no longer with Saul. Saul was afraid because God's spirit had left Saul. And we know that God's spirit brings strength and courage and a sound mind. It says in scripture that God does not give the spirit of fear, but he gives strength, courage, and a sound mind. So Saul now is experiencing this spirit of fear instead of the spirit of strength that God gives him. And that is because God's spirit is no longer with Saul. Instead, God's spirit went to go reside with a young man named David, who we see right here in verse 12. Now, David was the son of Jesse who had eight sons. The man was an elderly old man in the days of Saul. And then it mentions in verse 13 that David's three oldest brothers had actually went to go to battle with Saul. And the name of David's three oldest brothers were Eliab, Abinadab, and Shammah. And David was actually the youngest of all of his brothers. So this actually shows how connected David's family has now become with Saul, because not only were David's three oldest brothers soldiers in Saul's army, but David himself was actually a good friend of Saul, because in the last chapter, we saw how David actually went to Saul and played hymns for him on the harp whenever Saul was being attacked or tormented by a demon. And David would play these hymns and the demon would leave and stop torturing Saul. And so Saul grew very close to David because of this, because David was really the only sense of relief he had from this demon that kept tormenting him on and off. And so David, it looks like, would go back and forth between Saul and his father's home. So now Jesse, who's an old man, tells David to go and see how the battle is progressing. And he loads David up with all of these gifts. He loads him up with parched grain and 10 loaves of bread and also 10 cheeses to give to the brother's captain. And he tells David, go and see how your brothers are doing and bring back news. So that is what David does. It says, David rose up early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper and took the provisions and went as Jesse had commanded him. So this shows a couple things. It shows that David was an early riser, which we know that actually because of the Psalms, it mentions that David would rise up in the morning and sing praises to God. He'd rise up early and remember God's goodness. So David was a relatively early riser, meaning he was not a lazy man because I know myself, I am not an early riser. <laughs> I want to be. And you know, this, this podcast airs at 6 a.m. And I'm almost always sleeping at 6 a.m. Just to let you guys know. Just kidding. No, just kidding. I am never sleeping at 6 a.m. I am airing this podcast live every single morning at 6 a.m. <laughs> oh, that's not the truth. I'm typically asleep at 6 a.m. But David was an early riser. And not only that, he cared about the lives of his sheep to the, to the point where he would leave them with a keeper. He didn't just, you know, go and leave all of those sheep. He cared about the lives of these innocent animals that he had to take care of. And then also he listened to his father, Jesse. 
So when Jesse told him to do something, David obeyed. He just went and did it. So that shows a lot about actually David's character, just this short little verse here. So David rises up real early in the morning. He left the sheep with the keeper. He took the provisions and went to the battlefield as Jesse commanded him. So it says he comes to the place of the battle and he leaves the gifts with the baggage keeper and runs and greets his brothers. And so he's talking to them. And it says that, behold, the champion of the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and said the same words. And David now hears them. And don't forget that this has been going on already for 40 days. And David finally hears Goliath saying all of these blasphemes against God and against the Israelite army and taunting the Israelites. And David also notices how distraught all of the men of Israel are because it says that the men of Israel, when they saw the man Goliath, fled from him and were terrified. You know, David has God's spirit inside of him. David doesn't have a spirit of fear at this point in time. He's got this spirit of strength and courage and of a sound mind. Unlike all of these Israelite men and Saul who have a spirit of fear right now. So David is observing everything that's happening. Don't forget that David is also a very young man. He's probably still a teenager at this point in time. And it says that the men of Israel tell David and they're talking about Goliath after this whole thing happens. And they're like, have you heard that Saul is going to give a reward to the man who goes and kills Goliath? He's going to give riches to him. He's going to give his own daughter, a princess to him in marriage. And he's also going to make his father's house completely tax free in Israel. Now, I should mention... Just as a a little side note that if Israel had not asked for an earthly king, they would have been tax free anyway. But uh, that's just a little side note. So apparently Saul, who is so afraid of Goliath and refuses to go up against him himself, is now going to pay a man to go do it for him. So the one thing we can learn from this passage of scripture, which I think is super cool, is that you and I as Christians, as people who believe in Jesus as our Savior, we have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And since we have the gift of the Holy Spirit, we have been blessed with what the Holy Spirit gives to us. The Holy Spirit, it says, gives us a sound mind. He gives us strength. He gives us courage. And so we don't have to be afraid of these scary things that seem to be going on in the world around us. I know so many people who are absolutely terrified of just everything nowadays. I was just at my local tiny grocery store out in the middle of the sticks where I live. And I was talking to the the lady who was checking me out at the cash register. And she was commenting actually on the weather because we've had a relatively warm January and February for this area where I live. And she was terrified because the weather has been a little bit warmer than it's been in previous years. And so I told her, I said, you know, the weather is never predictable. And she kind of just looked at me and she was just like, yeah, you know, it never is, is it? And it was just kind of interesting for me to realize, and I'm really not patting myself on the back when I say this, 
but I just don't have a lot of the same fears of the future other people have. And I believe it's because I know deep down inside that God is the maker of all things. He's the creator of the universe. He sets everything in motion. And he says that the seasons aren't going to pass away until Jesus comes again. And I believe that very strongly. And I also believe that he sets kings up and he takes them away because that also is what scripture says about God. He sets the kings up and he does it for specific purposes to achieve some sort of good in the end, even though we cannot see it right now. And I believe that those of us who have the Holy Spirit can kind of echo me in that because when I go to my church, I don't hear anybody talking about the fears that they have of the future the same way that I hear the world talking about the fears that they have of the future. Because the Holy Spirit truly gives us a freedom from fear. That doesn't mean that we're never going to be afraid as Christians. Like we just talked about how Paul yesterday was feeling afraid of his own life being in danger. But the Holy Spirit does give us comfort and a freedom from fear if we ask for it and if we want it. Alrighty, faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned a little bit more about who Goliath was and not just the version that we used to hear about in Sunday school. Faithful listeners, I will see you all on the next episode tomorrow, which will be in the New Testament out of the book of Acts. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless. Thank you.